0: hello everybody this is h2o happy dude here just a little housekeeping before we get started uh i will be on uh passion project gdq hotfix show speed running uh megaman x but with a category that's not ran on traditional leaderboards uh that's going to be december 8th starting at 10 pm i will be run number one but if you come and check out my run make sure you hang out for the rest of the stream. And speaking of GDQ, we are here with a oh, a gentleman with the best air in GDQ, as far as I know. Dangerous. How's it going, man?
1: It's going. How's it going, man?
0: Eh, wish I had a better introduction now that I think about it. Um, <laughs> first things first, what actually got you into sp- Speedrunning in general, and did it come before or after you started streaming and producing content?
1: Uh, it was
2: about the same time, actually. It was so there's a longish story behind this. Basically, like back in like 2018, um, I was trying to beat uh, Doom 2016 on Ultra Nightmare on PlayStation 4, and you know, without going into a whole thing about mouse and keyboard versus controller, like the, the hard and fast reality is like with a mouse, you can, you can turn faster than you can with an analog stick. And so it sort of became clear quickly, this isn't going to happen unless I switch to PC so I can use a mouse and keyboard. And um, so I got myself a, a gaming laptop, which there's no such thing I've come to learn at this point. Uh, and I started trying to push for uh, to Beat Ultra Nightmare. It was, like, right around that time, I was, I was going on YouTube, and I was looking at, uh, like, tips on how to beat Ultra Nightmare, and I was finding these videos from this guy named Bite Me, and any Doom aficionados probably recognize that name now, but back in 2018, he was, like, this nobody on YouTube that was making these videos, um, you know, for a couple hundred views, and uh, at some point, I was, like, I was leave- leaving comments, and at some point, he started, like, responding to them, and then... We went back and forth a little bit. And then he was like, hey, man, you should come follow me on Twitch. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm down to do that. What's a Twitch? I had no idea at the time what it was. And so he, he gave me the link, and I was like, oh, my God, this is a huge website. And uh, I saw I was watching him do it. And this is at a point in time where he was streaming for, like, 15 people max. Uh, he was doing these Ultra Nightmare attempts and seeing, like, how fast he could. He, could, he, was, he was doing 100% Ultra Nightmare. And I was, I talked to him after, after watching a few of them and I was like, this looks like fun. Like, I think I might want to try it myself. He's like, yeah, man, just get yourself a copy of OBS and, and go for it. And I, so I started streaming it. And, um, a few months after that, I finally beat Ultra Nightmare, finally actually got got the clear I was looking for. And then afterward, <laughs> this is a funny story. Uh, afterward he was like, Hey man, you should go for a hundred percent Ultra Nightmare you like, do that. And I didn't know it at the time, but he was actually using me. He was manipulating me uh, because he was trying to get 100% added to the speedrun.com leaderboard. It wasn't currently on the leaderboard yet. And he was told you need at least two runners before we'll add it to the leaderboard. And to me, I finally did it. And at this point in time, I don't know what a speedrun is. I don't know what a speedrun leaderboard is. I don't know none of that stuff. And so I beat. I get the clear, and he's like, "Okay, we're gonna make a highlight. You're gonna bring come into this Discord with me and play backup, so I can get the, the category added." And I was like, "Yeah, whatever the things you just said are, sure." And so he's like, showed me how to make a Twitch highlight, and we go into this Discord server, and I'm sitting here watching this this conversation unfold in front of me about how to add this this category to the leaderboard, and I'm like, "What the fuck are these people talking about?" And then I start going on to speedrun.com, and I start looking through YouTube, and it's like I didn't even realize there's this huge world of speedrunning that I was like not even aware of, um, and that was sort of like my introduction to the whole thing, and so uh, my, my first big speedrun was Doom 2016 100% Ultra Nightmare, which is not a category I recommend anybody start with as their first speedrun, having done it myself.
0: <laughs> what would you recommend for someone's first speedrun with using the game library that you personally have and the games that you yourself have run?
2: Uh, I would say the probably the, one of the best starting speedruns it's a little hard to get kind of working now because you have to down patch uh to 1.0 but uh the outer worlds is a really really good speed run to start with it's got a really low skill floor a super high skill ceiling like it's a very easy run to learn it's a very 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 difficult run to, to do quickly but you can it like the world record right now is like 10:36 or something like that like 10 minutes and 36 seconds it's a short run um But it will teach you how to draw a straight line. It will teach you how to buffer inputs. It'll teach you a whole bunch of very portable skills to other speedruns. So I would say I I always recommend anybody start with the Outer Worlds as their first speedrun. It's it's not super technical. There is one glitch that's used in the 1.0 build, and even if you don't downpatch, you can still run it on on current patch and do it basically glitchless. And it's still a very technical speedrun to learn because it's got like I mean. Straight lines are an invaluable skill for any any run to do.
0: the The first time where I laid eyes on one of your runs, it was when I, I always cannot remember the full name of it, but Fashion Police, Fashion Police Squad, Fashion Police Squad, and that was my first introduction to you. Uh, as I was digging, A lot of people's. <laughs> as I was digging back in your back stuff, you had like. Uh, Doom, and think I saw Callisto Protocol. Uh, I did do a couple
2: of runs of Callisto Protocol. Um, I was one of the the moderators for it at, at release. Um, and the run kind of changed, and the community kind of changed. And I was like, okay, I think I'm. I don't think I want to be a part of this anymore. Not like in a hostile way or anything like that. Like I still wish right. all the the runners for Callisto uh, all, all the best. They they've been evolving the run even since I've left um but i was like okay this is this is probably not going to be my scene and so i walked away from it but uh i did do a couple runs i don't think i ever actually submitted them to the leaderboard though i probably got to do that at some point
0: what do you think about when games first come out and like for example pokemon scarlet and violet uh adef and and his crew got it like within the first week down to a 6 hour run yeah <laughs> what is your thoughts about Like the natural progression of how how different it is between the casual and then the speed running communities, because when you take a look at when when any Joe Blow decides to go pick up a brand new game, of course it's going to be casual. Of course it's going to be thirty to forty hours, but when they see that their game that they are having so much fun playing at such a low pace. It has taken them forever. Do you honestly think that it's a good or a bad thing for games to be broken in half that soon?
1: Oh, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. What there's, the thing about, this kind of naturally brings up the question about
2: developers' involvement in speed running. And uh, one of the things that I think is really kind of good to have, like it's good to have developers in on the whole process um, without having them, necessarily invoking certain actions to change the speedrun in some ways i think the developer should focus on the game strictly from a casual perspective and if and if speedrunners find a way to break the game in a way that doesn't affect the casual experience let them have it cuz what's a what's a casual player going to do like one of the best examples of this is in doom eternal there's a a, a level in level 3 of space there's a an arena you can skip by getting on this little pole jumping to another pole and then double dashing up to this wall and you mantle a platform and climb out of and climb out of the arena. It is insanely precise and difficult. No casual player is gonna do that. But what do the developers do? They put an invisible wall there. Stop speedrunners from doing that. It's like if the casual experience is not going to be affected by it, leave it alone because all you're gonna do at that point is hurt the speedrun by preventing speedrunners from doing something that makes the run better, right? If there's a big arena that is way faster to skip, that's something that is kind of necessary. Now, on the flip side of that, speedrunners are funny because we, we want to break the game, and we, we keep looking for ways to break the game, and then once we've broken it, we say, "Oh, well, that game's too broken. <laughs> it's like we have a very bad habit of doing that. Like Prey is a great example of that, the, the 2017 Prey. Um, casually, that's a... Twenty-hour game probably, and the speedrun is I think down to like six minutes and some change. Uh, it's like six thirty-two or something now uh, because of just how broken it is, and it's broken in ways that casual players are never going to find. Um, and of course, the developers were messing around with that, trying to trying to patch speedrun stuff, and so that's why you have to play that one on one So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for games to be broken, broken. Um, whether it's quickly after release or, or you know, in a very delayed uh, time period afterward, uh, I just like seeing games broken in ways that don't affect the casual experience. And, and Doom 16 is a very good example of the opposite of that, where uh, people playing the casual game would just be launched into, into the void <laughs> in the casual playthroughs constantly.
0: If I remember hearing you correctly, I, I think it was either on GDQ or one of your uh, personal streams, but you said that fashion police squad devs actually left some stuff in yep how how does a someone look at it from the perspective of like like me, I'm planning on doing fashion police squad, and what what should I think about like I don't know if the devs have done any more games since then, but do you think do you think in a long long run of things that if a developer does it for one game that they should either go back on previous titles that they've done or keep up, keep up the uh, streak that they've had and create more games with speed running in mind.
2: Um, I, I mean, that's been a thing for a little while is developers making games that are meant to be speed run. Like, Cyberhook is a really good example of that where you have marathon mode where you just blitz through every single level. There's a timer on the screen. Like, the game is designed to be speedrun. Like, you get more diamonds the faster you go. Um, And I see this a lot with boomer shooters in particular where they have an end-level timer like trying to kind of mimic OG Doom from back in the day. And I think it's fine for developers to make a game that's good for speedrunning, but I don't think that developers should be focusing on making games just for speedrunning purposes. Like, if developers want to be an ally to speedrunning, there's a lot of things that they could do to ally themselves with speedrunners that have nothing to do with designing a speedrun game, but making a game that is a good casual experience that also can translate into being good for speedrunning. Like, Fashion Police Squad's a great example. You can skip all the dialogue and the cutscenes. Um, there's some interesting... Speed tech that doesn't really affect the casual experience so much, um, and it's not even the developer. The developers were leaving in stuff. It's that they added, gifts. Yeah, like they purposefully left part of an invisible wall open so that you could jump over it to get out of bounds. Like they left that stuff in on purpose. That kind of stuff is fine, but what I worry is that developers will focus so much on a on making a speed run game that they kind of forget about the casual experience and. That I feel like you you should never sacrifice the casual experience just to make a good speed run. Because if it's a good speed run sorry, if it's a good casual experience and there are friendly things that you've done to the game for speedrunning, like skippable cutscenes, et cetera. I don't think you necessarily need to make the game a speedrun game so much. Um but that's that is a, maybe a a niche opinion or maybe a minority opinion on that. But that's kind of where my head's at with it, um now yeah. having actually run Fashion Police one.
0: And also, it's another thing to wear, like, or, like from software that did uh, Elden Ring, and mm-hmm. it turns out that there was a wrong warp to the end boss. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's patched or not, but if something like that happens, this is, this is a cry out to the devs. If we find something
1: like that, don't be a dick and patch it. <laughs> <laughs> leave it for us yeah um i
0: put out a pba or apb in your discord for some questions and i've only gotten one but it's quite a doozy right. uh Vita 4444 asks some folks have a core memory surrounding discovering their love for video games what was yours
1: ooh that's a good question um my earliest memories of gaming was playing like
2: OG Doom, Duke Nukem 3D, um, Duke Nukem's One and Two, which are DOS platformers that nobody remembers. <laughs> nobody remembers those games, but I, I remember them. Um, remember playing those Dark Forces, the uh, the Star Wars Doom clone. <laughs> uh, they actually just got a, a big big engine release. Um, I kind of remember those most as like my early like, my early games, um, I, don't re- I don't remember this, but my, if, if you believe my dad, the, his, his story that he tells is that um, my first video game experience was I, was, I was, like, six months old, and he would put me in his lap, and there's, like, you could hit the keyboard, and depending on which keys you hit, the screen would make noise, like, it would light up, and, and it would make noises, um, much like about every other video game, now mm-hmm. that I'm saying that out loud, uh, but that was, he says that that's, like, my, the first game that I played, but I don't remember that, because it's, I was six months old, taking his word, uh, so the ones that I really, like, really remember playing are, yeah, like, the OG, Boomer Shooters, Doom, Duke Nukem, Dark Forces, um, I had a PlayStation 1, a PlayStation 1 at my mom's house, and an N64 at my dad's house, and I remember playing, um, Tekken 1, Tekken 1, and a, a really, weird little indie title. I wasn't even sure if it was an indie title, but it was called Impact Racing on, on the PlayStation 1. It was just like a, a straight-up racing game. It was very vanilla and, and kind of bland. It was not like Need for Speed at all. Uh, and then on N64, I had SM64, Ocarina of Time, uh, DK64, uh, like the other big ones that I had uh, way back when, uh, Mario Party. <laughs> so like, two, The first two Mario Party games. Um, those are probably like the only ones I really remember clearly. I'm sure I've probably got a memory in here that, that can be unlocked if you show me another game that I remember. I just remember playing some Abandoned War games as well. Um, there was one, I think it was called Treasure Mountain, or something like that. It was, it's it was like an old Sierra game um, Same with like um, uh, Oh god, what was the name of it? It was another Sierra title like uh, Journey in the Hidden Temple, or something like that. Um, and I'm really... Like, oh, 3D Movie Maker was another one. There was a 3D Movie Maker game that I, I had back in the day. These are all like long-gone abandonware at this point, but uh, those are probably like the, the main ones that I can think of off the top of my head, yeah.
0: I kind of feel old saying this out loud, <laughs> but I remember playing the shareware version of the original Duke Nukem. Uh, yeah.
1: Mario I... teaches typing <laughs> Old Anyway. the uh, Philippinesine
0: is asking in chat what is your favorite Mario Party minigame? Did you brought
1: up
2: Mario Party?: Oh, uh, the least favorite one was the the band, that fucking band game where you play conductor. Oh God, I hated that damn minigame.
1: Uh' no matter what the timing was, you always got it wrong. Uh, favorite one? Oh, man. There, was some, there were some good ones. Um,
0: and it's always someone's favorite that didn't make it on the Mario Party 100 for the 3DS. There's always one mini <laughs> game, that everyone likes that's not on that list.
1: Yeah. Uh, I would say,
0: uh, I, as simple as it was, uh, Hop, Skip, Jump Rope was... Uh, the, the, fire, the fire jump rope one? I could never get that timing. I, I, I for whatever reason, I, I always was able to do it pretty
2: easily, but then there were some other ones that I think other people thought were really easy that I struggled with. <laughs> um, hot rope jump, that's what it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that was
1: pro- as simple as it was. It just hitting A over and over, but that was, that was a fun one. It was all timing. There's Has there been
0: a game to come out in like the last 10 years that you've played casually that you've wanted to pick up as a speedrun, but you haven't yet?
1: Um, there's a few
2: that I've looked at as a speedrun. Uh, in the last 10 years, well, Bug Snacks came out just like a few years ago and uh, I, was, I, I played through that casually recently and I was like, this could make a pretty good speedrun. Uh, I, might, I might pick this one up as a speedrun. And then one of my moderators redeemed... A five hundred thousand channel point redemption in my channel to make me learn Bug Snacks as a speed run, and called oh in any percent. And I had actually been planning on learning hundred percent before I realized the hundred percent is actually kind of a long run. So it was like, okay, let's split the difference and go no major skips. Uh, so I'll be learning that one pretty soon because uh, that one I, plan- I love that game casual. I thought it was great. It was bizarre and weird and hilarious. Um, so that was uh, that was like a, a kind of a key one there. Um, another one just got called in by, funnily enough, that moderator's (laughs) husband, another one of my moderators, uh, he called in Doom 3, uh, so I get to learn both of those, although Doom 3 is a little older than 10 years ago.
0: Do you, do you think that, uh, learning so many games and featuring them on your streams is actually, uh, helping retain or garner a new audience, or is, do you think that doing that is actually preventing... Uh, preventing new people because you're just not like for example trihex when he was streaming nothing but uh mm, yoshi's yeah. island Do you think learning multiple games like that will actually hurt someone's growth on twitch or youtube
1: it's hard to say i know that there are people
2: that will do just one game and that's it um like, I'm thinking of... Like, when Doom Eternal came out, we had a few people that um, started streaming Doom Eternal and got partnered instantaneously, practically, because people were flooding in to watch them do speedruns of it, and... I
0: need to uh, start playing first-person shooters again.
2: Yeah, well, they were speedrunning 100% Ultra Nightmare, uh, and oh. they, they got hmm. people flooding in really fast, and... They weren't grinding the game so hard that they just burnt out, and now they don't. They're they're gone. Like they don't even hang around Twitch anymore. Like because they just kind of burnt themselves out and went off to do other things. Um, And it it's unfortunate because I like those guys. They were like they were really nice guys, but then they just kind of they burnt themselves out too quickly. Um, So I I would be worried about doing something like that. Like like truth be told, I started my streaming career doing Doom twenty sixteen. If I were If I were to have stuck with Doom 2016 and not changed my path at all, I probably could have gotten partnered already, like, a long time ago. But the prospect of doing one game, and that's it, forever, bores me to death. (laughs) Like, there's too many things out there to play. There's too many things to learn and and speedrun. So it was like, I don't want to do that. So as soon as I, I get sick of a game, I switch to something else. And fuck the viewer count. I don't, I don't look at the viewer count. I don't have it open. I don't have my follower list open. I don't look at any of that shit because uh, to me it's just like I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to do my my runs and whoever wants to watch it is going to show up and watch and if they say, eh, he's not doing this. I don't want to watch. They'll go somewhere else and and that's totally their prerogative. I get it. Um, but what I worry about is like like there's a partnered streamer and I know I won't say who but they when they stream their main speed run,
1: they get 100, 150 viewers, give or take. And if they stream like an MMO, free. And I was like, I don't want to do, I don't want to have that be my poor audience that just shows up for this one game and then
2: if they don't, if I'm not playing that one game, none of them show up. Like I would rather grow the channel slowly and retain people that are there for me no matter what I'm playing. And that's going to take a lot longer to do that, but you're going to have, it's like, like there's an old adage about like, if you build a house, you pour the foundation, you want the foundation to be wet for as long as possible. You want, you do not want that foundation to dry very quickly because the faster that concrete dries, the more brittle it is. And so you build a house on a brittle foundation, it's going to fall over. Well, if you keep that that foundation wet as long as possible. It's going to take a lot longer to get it ready, but it is going to be solid by the time it's done. And it's, it's sort of like my guiding philosophy on streaming is, is I'm going to keep the viewer count as wet as possible. That sounds so much worse than I actually meant it to, but you get what I mean? Like you phrasing
0: keep
2: it, phrasing's a little off here, but you get the point. It's like, yeah. I'm trying to, I, I want to grow it as slowly as possible because it's going to be a much more stable platform by the time I get it to like, a big size and and i've never i mean i I don't plan on making twitch a career or anything like that um it's never been a career prospect for me it's it's always been a little hobby a little side hustle and um if it grows to be bigger yay and if it doesn't no big deal it's like it's not it's not like I'm, i'm trying to make this a career for myself um if you are trying to make it a career for yourself then you may have to abide by slightly different principles but uh for me this is what works best i think for me
0: I think I was explaining it to to my buddy Gamble Milo. He's currently lurking in chat. But uh, if you're not in the one percent of people who subsidize their Twitch income with merch and donations yeah. and stuff like that, for example, my but uh, like I ended up, I've been following Maximilian dude for about ten years, coming from YouTube, and when that. Top ten list of Twitch earners got leaked. It explains a lot because he c- consistently has like seven thousand people in his chat. People, yeah. multiple people dropping donos on him, and I'm just sitting there like, I, 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 I envy people like that. But also, I kind of feel like it's it's a it's somewhat of a burden because he plays nothing. Well, I, I. I should phrase this carefully. He played nothing but fighting games. Yeah, to it, it garner this big giant community, and now that he's stretched out, he's actually retained most, if not all of them, me included. Yeah. Um.
1: So, um, one of the one of the biggest things that that has happened in
0: GDQ, or for GDQ over the past. Five years, I want to say, uh, was Mike Uyama leaving? Like AGDQ announced yeah. his last, his last uh, event with the with the uh, company. Yeah. Uh, what was
1: your first Mike moment? Um,
2: i I only interacted with Mike once over Discord, uh, and it was. He sent me a DM to say, "Hey, we accepted your challenge three incentive for Fashion Police Squad," <laughs> and and I said, "Thanks, Mike." Uh, that was the only interaction I had with him. Um, I, I've never actually because like the only in person event I ever went to was GDQX twenty nineteen, and I never saw him there. I think he was off shift when uh, when I was there, so I I was talking to Ray the whole time. They were the one that was. Like taking care of me for kind of getting me set up and everything, um. So I, that's my only mic moment is just him sending me a DM and saying we accepted your 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 incentive. I was like, yay!
0: What what was your favorite mic moment on like when he was on stream?
2: On stream? Oh oh, there's a, there's a few good ones. Um, you know, I really liked his um his little um little. Going away tribute thing at this last event when uh, his his mom was on was on on the uh, on the screen with him um, that was just like a very touching moment and and I was like yay I mean I'm I'm glad whatever he ends up doing he's going to be fine he's he's made a name for himself and he's he's proven himself to be a very capable and, and very impressive person so I, I have no doubt in my mind he's going to be fine wherever he goes um, but I remember just seeing that like sitting there watching that little bit going oh I'm sad man it's like like this Titan of speedrunning is retiring, you know, so to speak. And um but yeah, I'd say that's probably my favorite moment was just seeing seeing him kind of getting his little going away tributes and thinking, you know, it's gonna be okay. Maddie's gonna do fine. Maddie's more than capable of handling that that position and thinking, you know, Mike's gonna be fine wherever he goes.
0: I think I think my favorite moment was is that I can't remember, but I know that it was a uh, during one of the COVID online events where uh, Mike sent in a donation, and I think Keys was either in a ra- Keys Ron was either in a race or uh, on commentary for one. But it's like uh, it, the donation comment was something along the lines of us consistently raising, most or exceeding two million dollars is about on par. With Kizeron always going over estimate, <laughs> it's funny because
1: it's true. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. But
0: uh, he, he will be missed. Uh, he's he's cur- He's I do have the ability to poke him for an interview, but I'm just gonna let him have his time. Let yeah. let him let him be on vacation, and probably yeah, hit him, him up a couple a months. Um, while we're while we're back on the topic of GDQ, um, what actually got you to actually start submitting? And I ask because, um, I've had a couple of uh submissions rejected here in the COVID era, and I have felt like either I'm not entertaining enough, the game's not entertaining enough. I was in, I submitted a heart crushing mini game race with a buddy of mine blue heart and just trying to do as much as i can uh i'm probably also under the assumption that um if you can't make it on the main stage at a gdq you just take your run and you can still be featured just don't set I'm trying to say in the politest way possible, don't set your fucking bar so high to aim for this main stage, but yeah. what actually got you to actually submitting the GDQ?
1: Um, I not remember exactly what it was, but I remember... I think one of my first submissions was Doom
2: 16. I think I was submitting 100% Nightmare or 100% Classic. I can't remember... Um, I think I was submitting it to... I want to say AGQ 2019?
1: Or it might have been SGDQ. I don't remember exactly. But um, I also submitted Rage 2 to GDQX
2: in 2019. Because that was the first event after it had had been released. And it got accepted. Just on the fact that it was a novel novel game. It had just come out. um, And that one got in. And since then, I've been submitting... I mean, I've submitted every event... Since 2019, um, I think except for one that I couldn't go to because uh, it was it SJDQ was last year, I couldn't I couldn't go, so I didn't submit. Um, but I've submitted to just about every event since then, and I've gotten rejected every single time um, until Fashion Police Squad miraculously got in, and, and uh, I got to be featured at the at the last one.
0: And one one of the biggest things that I've learned is is that the worst they can say is no hmm yeah like like i use the analogy in the uh in the uh volunteer channel i don't i don't see like i see a lot of people trying to get their name out there by just the equivalent of brute forcing themselves onto a gdq state uh, main event yeah. stage and what people don't realize is that 90 percent of the time like they like i think they had like 2700 hours submitted for SGDQ, yeah, and that's a lot of stuff that they have to reject. Yeah, and it's not, it's not it, like I said earlier. It it could be many factors. It could be like if you were game one hundred and one in a list of one hundred games that they that they they need they need for the for the marathon. Uh, microphone wasn't working, or this, that, and the other. The worst that they fucking could say is no.
1: True.
0: The, one of the biggest things that I took away was is that me, Cutie Roo, and Midnight Vesper, the three of us were sitting in the uh, G4 uh, speedrunning channel, and we just sat there, and they,
1: they basically said, just do it.
0: And then four months ago, I got on Bargain Bin february i'm on passion project i have i have stuff with cutie Roo. i'm doing uh, i'm hopefully going to get everything taken care of to where i can do uh mario party 5 for for legally cute it's it's a lot it's a lot more fun than you think trust me Um, (laughs) but to just continuously put yourself out there like i said doesn't necessarily have to be the main stage, but if you just want to be featured on the stream, aim your bar just a little bit lower. Yeah. And then go.
2: Yeah. I did Hotfix four times before I got to, to go to AGDQ. It, it's there's nothing wrong with doing I mean, that's the thing is, is the social media world is you just if you want an audience, you just gotta keep making stuff and putting it in front of people. And if people want to watch, they'll watch. If they don't, well. Right. But the best you can do is just make the content and hope people show
1: up.
0: And, and like the I'm going kind of on a tangent here just because you pick like your childhood game i mean for fuck's sake barbie got ran at gdq <laughs> i i was able to do killer instinct on hotfix like oh wow that's a title <laughs> yeah we're 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 going to go into that in a little bit but it was it, it wasn't the super nintendo and it wasn't the arcade it was a lesser known fucking Game Boy version.
1: Interesting. Huh. That
0: uh, at the start of the year, I had one world record, and for some reason, they sprouted the leaderboards, and now I have three. <laughs> there you go. Easy. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what is the big, biggest mistake that you actually see people make when it comes to uh, wanting to learn to speedrun? I th- I think my I have not yet met someone who has had the same introduction that I've had. Uh, I started with Darkman's uh, Strider tutorial, and like everyone can learn how to stride. I am I am currently in a sub four thirty, and it's almost three hundredth on the fucking leaderboard. Uh, what 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 would you recommend people have as their first game i think we've already talked about this but yeah we
1: we talked about that but
2: i think like the the, the answer the question is like i think the biggest mistake that people do is they try to jump into doing world record strats out the gate and it's like you don't like you gotta you gotta crawl before you sprint you know you gotta you gotta scale up like the Being part of Doom for so long and and being one of the moderators now is like, I see people wanting to learn 100% Ultra Nightmare and they've never done a speedrun before and they've never even beaten the game on Ultra Nightmare, just like as a base clear. And they're going straight into learning 100% Ultra Nightmare. And it's like, you are going three steps above your pay grade out the gate. Like, you gotta gotta scale up. Start with, don't be Nightmare a bunch of times then beat Ultra Nightmare, then do 100% Nightmare, then like work your way up. Like Trying to jump straight into world record strats out the gate is not an advisable strategy, and you are going to make things much more difficult for yourself. Like, I, like There are people who you know, hold the world record or have held the world record in, in Hundo Ultra Nightmare who could have gotten to where they are now much faster if they had scaled themselves up properly as opposed to jumping straight in the deep end. Like, yeah, you'll swim, but at what cost? As opposed to starting in the three feet end and working your way over to the other side of the pool. Like, don't, don't start out making things harder on yourself when you're already doing something that is really, really difficult to begin with. I think it's always a bad idea to um, go straight into the tough stuff without scaling your way up properly first. Um, that's, I think, the biggest mistake people make usually.
0: I think I kind of did things ass backwards. I ended up, uh, <laughs> I ended up learning, I ended up raising a friend of mine for, uh, for Mario 3. Then went back and did 80% no major Glitches. <laughs> so, uh, like, and one of the, one of the uh, biggest, biggest takeaways from this is that take fucking baby steps. Yeah. And some people don't realize that, like, you don't, it is, it is, unless you have reactions of a cat and photographic memory, you cannot log- logistically go watch fucking Mitch Flower Power and then get top 10.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: It's like going back to the GDQ submissions. You're always trying to put the bar all the way up here, just lower it just a little bit. Yeah. You'll get there eventually to where, like, if you do hit a world record in, in a game you've been grinding for about 10, I almost said 10 minutes, 10 months or, or, or like a lengthy period of time when you do get that world record, you're going to be fucking ecstatic. Right. I think we touched about this earlier. Uh, Kanzion in chat is asking how important do you feel it, it is to keep a balance between casual gaming and speedrunning?
2: uh I, i'm lucky in the sense that i've never really had that issue of of not having that balance like i've always felt like i've like you know i've I went upstream and i'm like you know i have up upstream and i am like you know i do not feel like speedrunning today let's play something casually and i'll i'll throw a game on that i haven't played yet or or just want to play for for fun um but then when i'm feeling like i've got the drive to do it i can throw on a, a a speedrun and, and actually go for it and lately i've actually i I've, i I've was very lucky in the sense that ddq did not like the grind the grind to gdq to uh kind of get myself ready for the main stage didn't like extinguish the fire of speedrunning and and uh, i've since felt still very motivated to run Fashion police squad and like grind my time da- time down a bit more um and, and writing a new category helped helped a lot with that as well uh, but it's, I, I think it's important. I don't think anybody should be burning themselves out on speed running. I, again, I've, I saw those guys do that to themselves in Doom maternal. And whenever I feel like I start get get oh, just like the slightest little bit of burnout, I stop and I go do something else. I, I don't push myself because the last thing I want to do is drive myself away from speedrunning. because if I do that, I might drive myself away from gaming and I don't want to do that, <laughs> you know? Uh, so I think it's very important, yeah.
0: Thority asked me to uh, relay a message to you last night after I told him that, you know, meet me and Thority share a share community, and plus Thority is one of my uh, IRL convention buddies. He asked, is it speed ran, bad run, or sped run? I think I said that correctly.
1: It's speed ran.
2: Ran is the verb. The verb is past tense. Speed is the... Adjective
1: qualifier You don't put speed in past tense That is speed ran. Game authority (laughs) I swear to god Yeah he
0: mentioned that last Uh, night I'm like I don't Like follow that logic and then all of a sudden (laughs) It's like oh Seeing you cringe explained Everything
1: Yep Thority's a guy. <laughs> Thority's a good dude, but Thority's a, a dude.
0: Yes, confirmed. He
1: can be a dick. Um, ah. I remember that about the games of Sped Runard. Authority. Oh, Man is trying to kill us. Mm. At least he didn't say Sped <laughs> Oh my god Like I anyway, Next question
0: <laughs> Actually I, 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 I'm going to Throw it up to uh, Chat based questions If y'all happen to have anything outside of Thority If anyone <laughs> else in here Happens to have any legitimate questions
2: or he's banned from asking anything
0: I'll, I'll, Hold on a second I'm about to time out not, <laughs> not. I was hovering over a band. I'm just gonna purge him. <laughs> there we go. There we go. ouch because like the question was cute, like I understand that it's something that you like a connection that you and him had. It's a joke, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like if it cringes me
1: Ah <laughs> uh, anyway, um I think we have maybe about. Ten
0: more minutes. So, if anything uh, pops in the chat, I'll I'll read it off. Um, what the hell do you do outside of Twitch streams? Like as like a general like relaxing day.
1: Like oh, what? what uh, I'm. You know, I like to cook.
2: That's a that's a fun little hobby of mine. Um, I, I've, we talk about food a lot on my channel, <laughs> so I uh, I. I like cooking whenever I, I have time to. I, I've been busy with work to the point where it's like, okay, if I'm not working, I, I'm gonna throw up a a live stream, but um that's kind of been my my mantra for a little while now. But uh whenever I, I have like some time to I'll just throw on some I'll throw a song on my phone and uh and just cook around in the kitchen, chop an onion or whatever. Um aside from that, it's been a lot of uh I, I bought a house uh, about six years ago. Uh, and my life has been fixing it because I bought a fixer upper. Don't buy a fixer upper. <laughs> Don't buy a fixer upper. Uh, but yeah, that's it's been fixing fixing my house. As uh, those are my big <laughs> my big hobbies outside of a uh, outside of streaming.
0: Could we see an actual like
1: cooking stream?
2: Um, and, you know, it's funny. I did a bartending stream last year. Um, because I used to be a bartender back in the day, uh, and I hey I see you i see you uh basically I've been back in the day and so I, I did a bartending stream i don't really have the logistical setup to do a, a cooking stream exactly i'd have to do a lot of weird shit to get that uh, to get that to work, but uh, I'm not opposed to it I, I certainly could do it. I actually did a cooking stream as one of my first streams like way back in the day um, I was cooking It was in the kitchen with my ex we were making a uh, I think remember. I think it was fettuccine Alfredo, <laughs> and uh, we just did a cooking stream of that. But it was a uh, that was like a really small, small thing, and I've never, I haven't done one since.
1: One of, okay. One of the things that made <coughs> the um, pressure police squad run just mwah, was okay, that sp- is spontaneous
0: dance that you did, and you explained it you you explained it in appreciating detail in the Discord about how, like, you wanted to get, like, this big, giant, elaborate thing going. What exactly were you trying to pull?
2: <laughs> um, in all honesty, the whole performance, um, the whole thing, like, you do you do a show like GDQ, I mean, the whole point of, of, a, of an event like GDQ and SGDQ is to get money for charity, right? That's the right. whole entire point of it, and people will donate when they're entertained and they will change the channel when they're not. And so my whole thing was, I just want to make this run as entertaining as possible because that's, what's going to pull the donations in. And so I was like, what could I do to make this like really entertaining? And we've had this, this gimmick in my channel for a long time of during that particular end level sequence, the parole ball um, that, that song only plays during that parole ball. And it was like, what if I like went out into the, into my room? switched the camera and just started dancing during this this edm techno song (laughs) and like you know what this could actually make for a really funny moment at gdq and i thought it was just going to be like a big funny haha thing and then uh the reception to it was so much bigger than i expected i did not expect it to have nearly the reaction that it did and uh it's been all positive like i a lot of love has come in from that and then uh uh, my gratitude is infinite uh, to everybody that that has reached out and said, Oh my God, I love your run. It was so great. Like it, it's, it never gets old hearing that. And just knowing that people were entertained by it was like, okay, I think I, I think I did the thing I was trying to do, which was to make this run as entertaining as possible to pull people's donations in. So, uh, but I, I wasn't trying to pull a fast one on anybody. I just wanted to make an entertaining moment in, in GDQ history. And I, I I'm, Happy to say, I think I did that. Given how everybody reacted to it,
0: so one of the biggest, like not the biggest, but one of the things that me and uh, Dan were talking about that actually led up to this to this interview was that he was looking for either a disco ball or something with LEDs.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) it was like he was he was going to buy it from Amazon with the intent to just ship it back when he gets done with it to get to get a refund out of it. I'm like, no. What
2: it it was, it was I went to Party City. And I was looking for glow sticks. I was going to get some glow sticks to That's like what it have was. like, but the problem is I couldn't find any good ones. Um, the, the ones that I found were like these little rinky dink ones. Uh, I think I... yeah, it was. I could only find they were like this this big. They were like way too small to like have an impact. And like I needed something like like a, like a decent sized glow stick to like have and rave around with. Um, and when I was at uh, Party City, I saw this RGB disco ball. I was like, could I, could I get this and use this? And then I ended up not doing that because I, I found another solution. And I just got some lamps out of my living room and set the, the lighting to be the RGB lighting. <laughs> and So that's why I looked like a rave in my room uh, while I was doing that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like, he, the next time that you run that on, a, on a, like either on a hotfix or a main stage, you're going to have to top that.
1: I know, and I don't know
2: how I'm going to. It's so bad. If I, if I go to SGDQ, I may, have, I may have something that can top it. I'm not totally sure. I mean, first of all, it even has to get into SGDQ before I, I bother worrying about it, but uh, I, have, I have an idea stirring around. I'll just say that.
0: At the very least, you could do it in the casual room. True. If it, provided it's a live event, I don't know exactly what's going on with SGDQ this year about it being in March.
2: It, it is a, it's in May, but okay. um, it, it's, yeah, it's a May, but it's, um, it's going to be live. If it was going to be online, they would have announced that, unless something like changes between now and whenever the location gets announced. But assuming that it's back in Minnesota, we'll see.
0: Minnesota, right in the middle, right in the transition between. Winter and f- spring, yeah. <laughs> she well, get no, cold. May
1: May would be going into summer. It may not be that bad. God, I'm hoping. I'm yeah. trying. To, I, I'm trying to figure out a way to fucking get there this year. A uh, plane usually works pretty well. Uh, take, a, take a plane. You invited me onto the podcast, man.
0: <laughs> I know I did. I know I did. <laughs> I'm trying. I, I, between you and Thorny, and I don't know what to make of this anymore. Easy. Um, yeah, I'm either going to try to submit a run, volunteer, just go up there, hang out, and whatnot. I'm, once you get bitten by the GDQ bug, uh, you have no. very hard way. to not go, yeah. It's,
1: it's addicting in a weird way. As soon as they announce the hotel, I will be, yeah. be I will be making every fucking effort to go.
2: Yeah, same. I actually told my boss, I was like, okay, I can't do first session this summer. I can do second session or third session just so I can do H- SGDQ, so I can go. Um, so I, I, I've timed it out of my schedule so that I can go. Whether I'm, I'm volunteering or doing a run or, wh- or just as a patron, uh, I can actually go this time because I couldn't go last year because... Uh, initially I couldn't go because I had summer classes booked and then those classes got canceled and then I couldn't go because I had no money because my, camp- my classes got canceled. So it's, it's one half dozen the other. Uh, so luckily this year, it's, it won't be an issue.
0: Worst part for me is that I work at a minor league baseball park. Guess mm-hmm. what happens right as soon as, as she, like when they announce the dates for SDQ a week before that, minor league baseball season starts.
2: Yeah, the season starts. Yep. Nice.
0: And I'm the only employee working the team store. No, so we're going to have to put can't. some, we're going to have to put some spurs to that employment status for other people because yeah. I, be fucking damned. I am not, I am, I refuse to skip out on a CDQ 2023.
1: It's going to be a wild time.
2: I bet being the being the first live event back in a year. Since uh, the last one that was live was last- SGDQ last year.
0: Well, I I kind of feel like until we have a consistent uh, uh stream of live events that uh, let me let me let me rephrase that until we have a consistent stream of live events, in person events,
1: uh, COVID protocols get
0: sort of laxed. Like I understand that you know everyone wants to be Florida man, but we can't, we can't run the risk of getting hundreds of people infected with COVID, but
1: yeah.
0: Um, and as soon as we find a
1: second location for, uh, AGDQ,
0: we're technically going to still feel like we're in, we're in online mode because yeah, a little bit because you, you like
1: SUDQ last year was a hybrid event. So until yeah.
0: until we get full capacity in 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 a in person space, I kind of feel like we're still online
2: in a way. I mean, it was it was an in person event that just had remote runs as part of the, the curriculum. I I think and I think the the remote thing is here to stay. I think no matter how big the live events are, they'll still have a, a Subset of runs that will be remote runs. Um, one of my one of my regulars, Chaos Wolf, he actually did a remote run at SGDQ, um, you know, during the the overnight session. Um, so I, I think it, it'll stay. It'll, like it'll it'll be there to stay. Um, I, I hope it does because it'll get the chance to feature runners that otherwise can't make it to a main event, uh, which was always one of the big problems with uh, GQ pre-COVID was if you couldn't afford to go,
1: oh well. <laughs>
0: You know? And like, you had people that wanted to go but didn't want to unless they secure a run. But by the time that their their, their run got accepted, they couldn't get the time off of work. And this, that, and the other. And my brain decides to go, bro, you just got a brand new credit card. Use it.
1: (laughs) You build your credit that way. Don't you want to build your credit? (laughs)
0: Look, I'm already at like fifteen hundred dollars in credit card debt already. What's another? Oh, what's an? Oh. What's another? You know, twelve hundred on top of that, right? Oh, that pains me to hear that. I, I'm I'm paying off more than the bare minimum, so that's
1: that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, what what's what what,
0: what can I do with twelve hundred dollars? It's either go do a GDQ or expand this random selection of bullshit behind me. I mean
1: you could buy one graphics card. Oh, that I just break you? Okay. <laughs> yeah, just slightly. Very nice.
0: <laughs> I got nothing after oh. that. Um <laughs> you want, if you want to go ahead and plug yourself, we can end it right now. Like we can sure. so, Go ahead with plugs. Uh,
2: yeah, you can follow me at twitch.tv slash dangerous, D-A-N-E-J-E-R-U-S. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, Dangerous TV. Um, yeah, I stream a lot of random speedruns uh, of, I'm very much a variety variety speedrunner streamer. Um, I do a lot of casual playthroughs as well. So if you like goofy downboard nonsense, uh, you can find me there.
0: All right. For those who are popping in because of Dan, my name is H2O Happy Dude. I'm a variety streamer. Uh, variety retro streamer here on Twitch, podcaster, content creator on YouTube. If you want to support the stream, HWO merch available. Click the link down. Click the uh, stream elements link down at the bottom, and go buy yourself some merch to support. Get me the GTQ without putting me in credit card debt. Twelve hundred dollars worth. <laughs> Look, that's like thirteen of everything because I'm getting like five dollars an item. The things that happen. The things I do. As um, a reminder, uh, February 8th, we will be on uh, Games Done Quick. Uh, we will be doing uh, Mega Man X. It is 8MAV, Any percent Rookie Hunter. Rookie, rookie Mavic Hunter, which you'll, you'll either can Google it or come watch the run. Uh, see, see the 28-minute PB turn into a 51-minute estimate. Uh, look, I'm rusty as shit, and every time I try to practice, it just goes straight down the fucking garbage. Anyway, thank you, Dan, for joining us. Uh, I will be remaining on stream for maybe about twenty to thirty minutes. We're going to be sitting here and just well, I'm going to be here shooting the shit with people in chat. So, uh, Dan, thank you for joining.
2: Thank you very much for having me. It's
0: right. Have a good one, everybody. Have a good one. All right, and we're out, but they can still hear us.
1: You can still hear us. You can still so hear I us. I should say things like "chat is ugly."
0: Not only only no. authority.
1: Oh, only. Th- okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Love you, bro.